Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Your line is muted. Only the host can unmute your line. Raise your hand using star 2 so the host knows when you want to speak. This will be the first time we've actually done a complete program. Um since um which didn't change to this new venue so i appreciate your patience you've had with us and maybe from now on we will enter on time and exit on time and everything will be lovely we're all we've got our videos turned off because talks you still hasn't figured out the bandwidth yet on everything and it, it freezed our video along with the audio and so we're just going to be just like radio just like the old talks you but after having said that, I'll go to the Lord in word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we have together to open the bread yes. of life, Father. And I pray that your spirit would be with us tonight, Father. I pray that you'd anoint Brother David's reading. Father, I pray that you'd forgive us for any unforgiven sins that may be in our life. Cleanse us, Father. Anoint my lips. Cleanse my heart, Father. May I only speak the things you'd have me to say. And give the ear, give the people that are are in the chat room and the ones that download this program ears to hear and eyes to see the truth taught by the Spirit of God. These things I ask in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and for His sake, Amen. Amen. Acts chapter twenty-one, brother Dave. Yes, Acts chapter twenty-one, verse one. And it came to pass that after we were had launched course unto Kuz, they falling unto Rhodes, unto Patara, sailing over unto Phoenicia, went aboard and set forth. Now, when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand and sailed into Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unlade her burden. Man, what is, just a second, Brother Dave. Notice the historical detail. We left yes. it on the left. Isn't that wild? And how 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 pinpoint this is? Mm -hmm. Yes. How he he explains exactly which direction it is. I mean, this is this is masterful, masterful writing by by the apostle Luke. And you can you yes. can tell that he is precise in everything that he does. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that to people's attention. And there probably would have been many critics in the past who would have went over this navigation statement to see whether there was any faults, any error in it. That's you know exactly right. Uh, exactly right, and they couldn't find any. <laughs> yes. Okay, continue on. I won't interrupt on that part anymore. Oh, whenever you need to. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit, that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Okay. Now you're going to, all I've been talking about, you've been hearing me every program as we've been leading up to this section, talk about how Paul is going to blatantly go against the will of God and the spirit of God. And you're going to, it's going to play out in this chapter. You're going to see it. Everything that I've told you 
has been absolutely scripturally perfect. I ain't told you nothing out of the way whatsoever. So continue on, Brother Dave. Yes. Verse 5. And when he had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way. And they all brought us on our way with wives and children till we were out of the city. And we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. And when we had taken our leave one of another, we took ship and they returned home again. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to Ptolemais and saluted the brethren and abode with them one day. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. That would be the Philip that you we read about back in Acts uh, chapter 8. I think it's chapter 8 or 9 of uh, the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch. Yes. That's the same Philip. He's the evangelist that was caught away supernaturally in the spirit and taken from one spot to the other instantaneous. And nobody brings that point up. <laughs> yes. A Go deacon. Ahead. A deacon. He was one right. of the seven deacons, yeah. And, and th there you go, right? I mean, I don't know why people have trouble with the spirit. I mean, God's just flying people in the spirit from one place to another. I mean, I'm not saying that's happening every day, but it, if it happened around me, I wouldn't be freaking out about it it would be just, I, oh, well, Lord, I've, I've told y'all i've told y'all before i didn't mean to interrupt you brother but i've told the story before I've, I've seen it happen wow yeah i i i have no doubt those things happen yeah straight in the word my encounter with the with who i think was well who i don't i don't know doubt in my mind about it was an angel was there one minute and gone the next, gone one second yes. and gone. If by the time you can shut a door and open it up, gone. Okay, so that's yes. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I remember and that story. Every, and my daughter is my daughters and my wife witnessed the same thing. So it's not just brother Don wouldn't hallucinate. <laughs> right. So yes. anyway, continue on, brother. Verse nine. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so uh, shall the Jews. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thus saith who? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Thus saith the Holy Ghost. So this is from God, right? Yes. Okay, continue on. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And Paul didn't rebuke him, saying, you know, false prophet or something. No. Right. Okay, verse 12. And when... And when he heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. There you go. That's the second admonition he's had in this chapter, not to go to Jerusalem. 
Remember the one we just read up earlier? Those, the Spirit said not to go up to Jerusalem. Remember you read it up earlier in one of the other yes. verses? Yes. This is the second admonition, and we're going to get a third one. Go ahead. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, sorry. And everybody, when he everybody ought to read that verse and pray, Lord, no matter how I feel in the flesh now, no matter what, always give him, in case the time arises, give me the supernatural ability to be able to, to, to die for the name of Jesus. Yes. Always keep that in your mind. It's easy to say, oh, yes, I could do it when everything's wonderful like it is now. I mean wonderful in according to some people's situations in this world. But in a dire situation, when people, I mean, if some, some, if worldly things scare you, if you had the choice to make, go to the right. If you profess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you see outside a bunch of heads laying on the ground or a bunch of dead folks and then or take a left and the people walking out happy and smiling and going on, just think about that choice. Just think about it. Dwell on it. Because if the Lord tarries, it may very, very well happen to some of us. Rest assured, that's what the scriptures say in Revelation. It's already happened to a bunch of martyrs during the Dark Ages. Yes. yes. And the time is coming around again, just like that old circle, the scriptures, it's going to come. What has been shall be again, and God requires that which is past. Why people can't believe those verses, I just don't get it. I don't understand these historical teachers. Just can't, I can't get a grip on their mindset. Can you, Brother Dave? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't get it. But, you know, there are, there's an echo. Uh, there are many people, and, well, I probably in every generation, there's been martyrs somewhere in the world. I know in my lifetime, there's been martyrs in many countries. Well, I'm I mean, talking about our people, brother. Yes. I'm talking about God's chosen people. Yeah, I'm, I, that's what I'm talking about, like over in Ukraine right. and Russia. Yeah, in Ukraine, right, right. In Russia. And, you know, there are Christians that aren't necessarily our people that live in the Muslim world that are being slaughtered even now. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know their stories bring me courage. When you listen to these, were just normal people, but I'm not saying it's always this way. But the spirit of the Lord came on them, and they were able to die for Him. Absolutely, Fox's Book of Martyrs. Everybody, I've, I've recommended it a thousand times. Amen. <laughs> that's that's hyperbole, but it's. I've recommended it over and over and over again. Everyone ought to read it at least once a year. Yes. 
to let you know what our people went through. Tongues ripped out, babies ripped out of the uh, wombs, just all kind of godless stuff done in the name of Christ by our own people, not by mud people, but by our own race. Demon-possessed heretics filled with the spirit of Satan and the, and the most degenerate Adamic nature, the, the natural man. Yes. You can't blame the Dark Ages. You can't blame the Dark Ages on the Africans or the Japanese or Chinese. You can't even blame the Dark Ages for a period of time, except for a small period of time, on the Mohammedans. It was the Catholic Church. Amen, Dave? Yes, it was. Absolutely. Our own, people, our own race. Just 33 million. That's a small, that's a small guesstimate. Kill for the name of Christ. Because they wouldn't bow down to Diana worship, the Queen of Heaven worship, and the pot bellied liquorhead worship. Wouldn't do it. Think about that stuff, folks. I know it seems like it to me, even to me, it seems like it's a thousand miles away. I'm talking about it seems like it could never happen here. It, it, it just couldn't ever happen here. Well, yes, it could. And then the word of God continues to play out, and it will. God requires that which is past. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Yeah, we have... Um, popes and churchmen of the Catholic Church denying that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. Right. They're opening the door to the same type of mentality where those who profess Christ are professing hate speech and are part of the problem and are, are not part of the brotherhood of mankind and bringing all of men together to help and love one another. Have you got that letter you was going to read that says that from Justin Trudeau? Yes, I do. Okay, if you will, read it. Well, I'll read. Okay, this is from Steve Long. He's a pastor. And there's a four or five minute link I can provide where there's Canadian news that goes over this. But in the letter, I'll just read a few sentences of what he says. Yeah, that'll, be, that'll work fine. I don't expect you to read the whole thing. Yeah, because it's kind of uh, goes into different topics. Right. Righteousness exalts a nation, Proverbs 14:34. So what party will bring in policies that best match the teachings of Jesus and reflect God's laws? I look at some of the ads from the NDP, and in my view, they openly state support for principles that God opposes. Mr. Mulcair has stated that evangelicals are un-Canadian, not good. I have met Justin Trudeau three times. Now, these uh, ministers he's going to uh, mention are not my cup of tea, but here's what he says. Continuing, I prophesied to him about eight years ago that God wanted him as the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada. Sadly, 
My last meeting with him in his office was very disappointing. He told John and Carol Arnott and me that evangelical Christians were the worst part of Canadian society. Not good. And that's the end of that Un quote about him. Unbelievable. Well, that's where it's headed. That's where it's headed to where to where you've got all the leaders will start saying and once it catches on, it'll be just like wildfire. Yeah. The worst it'll part Canadian the world, once the spirit of the world gets a grip on it, it'll start, it'll be Baptist churches even turning that way. And it is it creeps in, it's just like a slow death. It's like everything else that, that Satan uses. He works, starts out slow. It's like that famous illustration of cooking a frog in the water, turning up the heat a little bit until the water's boiling and the frog's dead. Because if it popped up all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's a law passed tomorrow, well, every, the, the Bible-believing Christians would be up in arms. I mean, there'd be a big resistance because Folks, that's just a few that's pushing that stuff. To hear, if you watch mainstream news, you'd think it was the majority. Amen, Dave? Yes. But it's just a few. It's a very small minority. Then in it, it grows and people believe it because they're so hypnotized by that damn television. And I mean that word, damn television. It just, or it just keeps seeping in, seeping in. Well, and they plant the thought in the brain. Well, maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't be so radical. Maybe, maybe Lord forbid, I'd be like that nut, Brother Don. Folks, I don't have to worry about getting that way. I'm there, been that way. Okay? I don't have to worry about none of that stuff. Praise God. And God, unless something happens and I... I lose my brain, I go insane, or say, if, I, if you ever hear of me changing to where I lean that direction, please come put a bullet behind my ear and put me out of my misery, and the Lord will bless you for it, okay? <laughs> I speak reverently, Lord. But you understand what I'm saying, Dave? Yes, like this... This statement he gave to this pastor, he knew it was going to be going out there. These were pastors. These were Christian leaders who are well known. Now, um, I believe that one guy's part of the um, Toronto Vineyard, the airport vineyard. So, you know, he's not exactly my kind of pastor, but nonetheless, well known. And they were going to let this be known to the world. And it's, it hit the major news media in Canada. And like, this guy is so proud, arrogant, evil, wicked, he doesn't even care about the Christian vote. I mean, there's probably been other politicians who didn't care about Christians, think they're nuts, but, you know, they play the political game and say how nice they are and everything, right, to get their vote. And then after, and then after do what they want. But this guy just says it right to your face, like, you know, if they're doing that now, like you said, when it gets a little bit worse, 
Christians are the worst part of society. I thought maybe murderers or, you know, mafia members or sorcerers or something would be the worst part. No, no, no. Christians. Independent, Bible-believing, Jesus-exalting, Bible-believing Christianity is a minority and it is the most hated thing whether outspokenly or in their hearts that the mainstream world thinks. That's why in the book of Revelation, when they kill the two witnesses, the whole world pitches a party and sends gifts one to another. Yes. It's only a remnant, folks. You people in this small assembly, you are, if you even believe three quarters, if you're on board with me, three quarters, even just half the way, you would be despised in a mainstream church. Amen, Brother Dave? Yes. Absolutely. If they knew your belief. If they, if they knew your true belief. Now, I don't know how it is in Canada, Brother Dave. I never hear you mention it. I don't, we always down here in North, down here in the United States have always talked about our silent majority. Well, our silent majority showed their hand in the elections in, tw in 2017. Yes. Now, I don't know if y'all have that in Canada or not. Yes, we're talking about it now. Good. Especially our provincial election, which would be like your state election. Right. But the province is a lot bigger than a state, but maybe not as many people. But it includes Metro Toronto with over about four and a half million. Right. So, um, the, you know, when they put out the Liberals, who was the majority in Ontario, had the most seats and became an unofficial, unlisted party. And then they had to change the rules to make them now a listed party because they only had seven seats. It was the biggest loss in political history of Canada. And the, the silent minority stood up to oppose these liberal policies, just like I believe they're going to do to Justin Trudeau, too. I he's hope just so. Bad. I, when I you will. start saying Christians are the worst part of your society, there's still people out there who are Christians. And there are, even if they're not, their parents were or they know Christians and they say, they're not bad people. I don't agree with their religious thing, but they're not bad. That's insane. Right. I just hope that God raises, like I said last night or Friday night, I forget which night it was. I hope God raises up somebody in Canada that's, that's anti-political correct and stands up like Donald Trump has down here in America. Yes. I no, I don't know who that would be, and they'll have to be a billionaire because they could be bought off. They'll well, there is a, a conservative guy, Maxime Bernier, who is speaking things and being called a racist, and, and but he's not backing down. And you know they're doing the liberal thing. As soon as they don't like something, you say, "Oh, you're a racist." I, I, yeah. I watched a video today of Trudeau shouting down a, a woman who questioned him at an outdoor event about the $148 million he spent 
on housing illegal immigrants in hotels, and they're destroying the hotels, by the way. And uh, he's bringing in more of them and taking up more hotels. Well, I'm never staying at a hotel with these people, but that's another story. And yeah. he just, as soon as this woman asked a question at this function, he'd started shouting her down, calling her a racist and Canada's not like that. And then after his speech was over and he was going through the crowd, he happened to come across her again and started laying into her. What kind of a leader is that? Isn't that um, female abuse? <laughs> yes. And it's all emotion-based. It's not facts and it's not cool, calm politics here. It's flipping your lid, going crazy on this tirade. I don't, I, I don't know how your politics work up there, brother, but the statement I made about God raising up a man like Donald Trump, he, the, the person that Canada would need would be, have to be somebody that did not rely on corporate money. Right. I see where you're coming from, yes. See what I'm saying? Because yes. that's the reason Trump could care less. He, he didn't care about what the corporations had to say because he, he, he wouldn't take in money from nobody. That's right. He his own campaign. You see yes. what I'm saying? That's the kind of man it'd have to be, and I don't know if y'all have anybody like that or not. He doesn't even take the presidential salary. Does I know that. Yeah. Do y'all have anybody like that? And folks, in case some of you listeners are wondering why we're talking politics, it's about dying for the name of Jesus, okay? In verse 13, that's how we got off on this. Because when you get down to the nitty gritty, politics and Christianity are, are nip and tuck together. If the foundations be destroyed, where are the people, okay? Yes. So that's the kind of person you should have to keep an eye out for, Brother Dave, and see the Lord put his hand on somebody like that for them to be able to do what's been done down here. They'd have to be able to finance their own campaign. So that's what I was talking about, and we'll leave it right there for the time being and continue on. Okay. Verse 14. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. That's all he can do. Paul was going to go. He didn't care if the Holy Ghost said anything. He didn't care if the people said anything. His mind was made up. Lord already told him, Paul, you need to, you're going to, you, I need you to go to Rome. Well, Paul's going to go his own way to Rome and it's going to be in bonds, not, not just taking a trip up there. It's, it's like I was talking about Romans 8, 28. God's going to make, get his will. But look at all the shipwrecks and all the stuff. You're going to see everything that happens to Paul before he gets to Rome. Remember Romans 8, 28, like I tried to explain last night. People's got this wild idea about Romans 8, 28, that it means everything's going to be good for the Christian while they're, um, for, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them or the called according to his purpose. They think that's good, that's smooth, going to work out fine. No, sir. God's going to have his will, that's fine. But if the Christian goes against the will of God, for God to get his will done, he may have, like I said last night, kill the Christian and put somebody else in the place to get his will done. But it will be done. It will be done. 
contrary to what you hear in 99% of the churches and the preachers and teachers. Continue on. And this is a prime example. Go ahead, brother. Okay. And after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. See, we uh, talked about last night about the carriages and how they walked all day or took horses and then, you know, took passage on ships and all those passenger tickets. All those, right. it's all cost money. Yes, it and does. And I don't know why people can't, you know, oh, well, you know, the gospel's free. Yeah, I, I know that part. It, the message is free. But it takes a lot of wealth to send out these missionaries, these apostles. There was a big party of them at time. And here they took up carriages. I mean, carriages, it'd be like, you know, taking up cars or limousines or something, wouldn't that's it? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Be like a carpool. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it wasn't cheap for all these people to travel and all the food. And I mean, they slept on the ground at times, but sometimes they stayed in accommodations. You know, it's, it's all finances. And even back then, they needed money to get the job done. Now, God can do what he did to Philip if he so chooses. Yep. And move people across the world. And it doesn't cost anything that way. And praise the Lord for it. But he Amen. wants all of us to gain a reward. And so he chooses to use people that'll give. Amen, brother. You, my, I'm you, absolutely dead spot on. People try. They, they, I know because at one point in my early Christian life, I was that way. I was this way. I tried to associate. I tried to look at it like it was me. And, oh, well, I only need so much, so they only need so much. You don't know what the person needs. You have no idea. It may be different than you. It may need less, may need more. You don't know. So the best thing to do is, like I finally learned, after a few stripes on the back, always do more. That's the way, and, and because you can't go wrong. <laughs> you can't go wrong by doing the will of God, the perfect will of God. You can't, do, you can't go wrong. There's just no way to go wrong. You may die, but the rewards are stored in heaven. Amen, brother? Amen, absolutely. You just can't get around it, folks. Can't get around it. We have to talk about it. That's the way it is. That's the way it'll always be. The Lord comes back and, oh, me, is he going to straighten some stuff out? Oh, is he ever going to straighten some stuff out? You just think about the IRS today. You wait till the law of the house is instituted, and you wait till we rule and reign over cities. You ain't seen nothing yet. I don't know what specifically what parts of the statutes and judgments the Lord's going to use on the individuals, but if it, but you can rest assured it's going to be after those principles. And if that be the case, woe be unto Mr. Tightwad. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and I and I I know I'm speaking with the Spirit of God. Continue on, brother. Verse 16, 
There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought that's with them. That, that's that brother, that's Caesarea. Caesarea, sorry. Caesarea. Okay. And brought with them one Manasin of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. With that um, old disciple, does that mean like one of the original disciples yes. or? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's the way it seems in the context, brother. I can't yes. say for sure, but it that nobody ever talks about, you know, it, it don't bring, well, a young man does talk about young man, like a rich young ruler. Yes. It could be age, or it could be he's just one of the originals, brother. Not sure. Yeah. Mm hmm Okay. Acts 21, 17. And when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. Okay, what's fixing to happen? You're going to see Paul give over the straight way, the way of his teaching, to bow, not bowing down, but for testimony's sake, because he's trying to win a certain group of people, which are the Judeans, or the Jews, the Judeans. He's trying to win them, so he's going to go about their rituals like he circumcised Timothy before, so he could, so they couldn't say anything because he was a Greek, or his one of his parents was a Greek, his daddy. And that's what the, and that's what Paul's fixing to go about doing here. He's going to go contrary to what he teaches in the epistles because he's trying to do something special dealing with the Jews in Jerusalem. So I just wanted to clarify that. That's that's a, that's one of those things where two places like he says in Colossians chapter 2 that none of that stuff matters. And here he's fixing to do some of it himself, but it's for a special reason at a special time i just wanted to bring that out go ahead brother and when they heard it they glorified the lord and said unto him thou seest brother how many thousands of jews there are which believe and they are all zealous of the law so there we go folks <laughs> jews are sometimes believers Acts Amen. 21, 21, and they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. What is it, therefore? The, the multitude must needs come together, for they will hear that thou art come. Do therefore this, that we say to thee, we have four men which have a vow on them. Then take and purify thyself with them. I, I, excuse me, brother. I hear that, um, the, yeah. that the echo that you're talking about. Yes. If you'll, if you'll turn off your video, I think it'll go away. Uh, my... I, I have to hear you, so I'll just turn it down. 
No, I, I'm talking about the um, the, oh, the video. The camera. Okay. Right. The camera. I'll shut it off. Yeah, let's try and see if that works. Okay. Okay, Acts 21, 24. Then take and purify thyself with them and be at charges with them that they may shave their heads and all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning thee are nothing, but that thou thyself also walkest orderly and keepest the law. See, they're trying to tell, hey, Paul, go along with them. Go along and do what they do. If you want to, if you want to be able to, to witness to them, if you want to be able to preach to them, go along with them. That's what's bad. That's what they're saying. And that's what Paul does. Go ahead. As touching the Gentiles, which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from blood and from strangled and from fornication. There you go. There's those regulations laid down again that they came to in Acts 15 that I I have lost my voice hollering about for so many years now. Then you got so many deceived people out there to now, now it's just pitiful, right, Brother Dave? Yeah, I guess the Hebrew roots people were kind of like James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brother James had a rough time. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he was a dear saint for sure, but I'm just saying oh, absolutely. there was a group of them that insisted on keeping the law still. Oh, of course, of course. But and they were still right. believers. That's right. They sure were. Continue on. Verse 26. Then Paul took the men and the next day, purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews, which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man that teaches all men everywhere where against the people and the law and this place and further brought greeks also into the temple and hath polluted this holy place for they that for they had seen before with him in the city of trophimus an ephesian whom they supposed that paul had brought into the temple that's the trophimus that i've talked about numerous times that paul mentions in second timothy four go ahead brother and all the city was moved, and the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut. And as they went about to kill him, tidings came unto the chief captain of the band that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left the beating of Paul. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. 
And some cried one thing, some another, among the multitude. And when he could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded them to be carried into the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. Well, the, most, the soldiers had to pick Paul up and carry him out of the crowd because they wanted to kill him so bad. And, you know, I think Paul had supernatural grace, man. And whenever all this stuff started and the beating on him and everything, I think the Lord gave him some supernatural, something supernatural be able to withstand this stuff. You ever thought about that, Brother Dave? Yes. And because, you know, the beatings and the lashings, you know, 39 lashes, what was it, three times? 47. Yeah, that's right. The beaten with rods twice. These rods were steel rods. Yes. And these rods crush your bones, break your bones in your body. Yes. Uh, there's no way, and, and all the other beatings, and then him dying, being beaten to death. There's no way a man could walk around with all his bones having been broken in his body several times and all those lashes. And I'm not I'm not saying he didn't have scars or some remnant pains from these things. But well, of course he did. He carried a doctor with him everywhere he went. Yeah. But you would be a total invalid if you were alive. You would be bedridden. You'd be could not walk. This is supernatural for sure. A lot of it. Yes, it is, brother. Yes. Go ahead. But he did, like he, you say, he had a doctor and he had pain and he had vestiges of that of all those beatings, the scars yes, around his body. Yep. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying, away with him. And as Paul was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee? He said, <laughs> He's, he's, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry for laughing. Go ahead. May I speak unto thee? Who said, Canst thou speak Greek? Art not thou that Egyptian which before these days made an uproar and ledest out into the wilderness 4,000 men that were murderers? But Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city, and I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. And when he had given him license, Paul stood up on the stairs and beckoned with the hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, end of chapter. Let's go to the next chapter. Yeah. Chapter uh, Acts 22, verse 1. Men, brethren, and fathers. Hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he saith, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in the city at, at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as ye all are this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest do, doth bear me witness and all the state of the elders from whom also I received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem 
were to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light around about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. So, it one, it, so his eyes were messed up. Yes. He had to be led. And this is where they use this as part of the evidence that that was Paul's thorn in the flesh, that it was eye trouble. They try. They use this as one of the proof texts. Go ahead, brother. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him, excuse me, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will and see the just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. I, I want you to stop right here because this is another proof text that the Campbellites use for baptismal regeneration. Realize that this is this Ananias is he's Jewish this is a Jewish ritual he's going back to one of the Jewish customs and that's the reason he says what he says here no water washes away nobody's sin the rest of the scripture is plain on it and but to what he says here every Campbellite in the world this is one of the first verses I memorized as a member of the Church of Christ Acts 22, 16, Arise, brother Saul, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins. See there, water at baptism washes away your sins. That's what they say. And then when you start trying to explain to them who Ananias was and the Jewish context here, then they'll say, well, what about Mark 16, 16? And then when you go to Mark 16, 16 and try to show them they're pulling it out of context, and where it's supposed to be rightly divided, they'll say, well, what about Acts 2.38? They've got circular reasoning. You can never hold these heretics down to a certain, the, a certain verse of Scripture and make them stay there. They'll go from one to another, and by the time they finish their five or six little verses, they'll start all over again. If you've never dealt with them, you have no clue what I'm talking about. But if you've dealt with them on a personal basis, is like I have and like I used to be one, and got excommunicated, 
after I got saved, my sister still won. And she got saved in a Baptist church, Metagrove Baptist Church in Huntsville, Alabama, back when she was 12 years old. But she got married into, to a family that was Church of Christ, so she wound up being Church of Christ and therefore pulling me in. Well, you need to come. I was half drunk one night, and she comes in. Oh, you need to come down here and talk to my preacher. And I, I've been on a bender, man. And she got me drug in there, and he starts talking about, see this right here? And took me to Acts 2, 3. He said, you, you, you see this right here? Are you willing to do this right here? Yeah, next thing I know, I was in a baptismal robe was no repentance of my sin, was no realizing the blood of Christ washes away my sin, with no gospel whatsoever but Acts 2.38. And the next thing I noticed, under the water and up, now you're a Christian. I went to services twice and that was it, drunk again, right back into living with the woman I was living with, right back into fornication, I mean, no new creature, no nothing, okay? Yes. No nothing. All I got is wet. Do they think <laughs> that maybe Jesus didn't have to die or he died in vain? I mean, if all you have to do is wash yourself in the waters of baptism and call on that's a, that, Hey, that's an awesome, that's an, ask them sometime, brother, and you give a little taste of what I'm talking about, fine. On purpose, go find your church of Christ and deal with one. That's the reason that I wish so much. Oh my goodness! Yes, that I could take you guys and let you see first. Go to a church of Christ and then deal with a Jehovah Witness and then deal with these heretics where you know how to handle them because mm -hmm. you know what they're going. Y'all, if you've had experience, you already know what they're going to say. They all got it wrote down in their little handbook. The right. verses to go. And I wish to goodness it was possible, but at the present, it's not possible. Anyway, there I tell you what a Church of Christ is. They're nothing but a Southern Catholic. Oh, wow. They just don't marry worship. They take communion every Sunday. They, they and Dr. Ruttman just called them Southern Catholics by the yeah. way they believe. That's mm -hmm. all in them. They believe in Acts 238 is the plan of salvation. And that's yep. that's just that's just the way it is. Yep, Catholics Every Catholic in the world yep. tells you Acts two thirty eight plan of salvation. Yep. So that's the way they are. But so let's let's continue on. But that's okay. what this is. That's what Ananias is going to say, and that's the reason he's saying it because of his Jewish background and the custom. Go ahead, brother. Verse sixteen. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him saying unto me, make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And been I trying said, to tell him that the whole time. <laughs> this him he saw right here was Jesus Christ. Yes. Make haste and get out of here. They're not going to receive you. Everybody's tried to tell you, but no, you're hard-headed, Paul. Go ahead, brother. And I said, Lord, they know that I am imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of my martyr of thy martyr, Stephen, was shed, 
I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade the that he... You know what? You know what? Set him off. You know what? Sent him into a frenzy. The Gentiles being saved. That's right. When they said, I was said to go into the Gentiles, that, that they just went nuts. Absolutely nuts. Tearing their clothes, renting their clothes, and throwing dust in the air, acting like a bunch of monkeys. Go ahead, brother. Yes. You know, taking their clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, it reminds me of some brethren today who get upset if people of other races can get saved. Yep. yep. The chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade you know, that he excuse me brother but you know your voice quit uh echoing now mine's echoing i didn't i didn't hear the echo on your voice yeah i can hear the echo on my voice but yours has gone away completely yes your i noticed yes but on my end i can't hear your echo either i couldn't hear mine anymore either i don't know okay. if everyone else can hear it or not yeah well, that's okay. Just continue on. We're doing all right. Okay. The chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? And then that got their attention. Go ahead, brother. When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou, thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained i this freedom and paul said but i was freeborn then straightway they departed from him which should have examined him and the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a roman and because he had bound him on the morrow because he would have known the certainty wherefore he was accused of the jews he loosed him from his bonds and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. End of chapter. Uh, Continue. No, we'll just stop right. What time is it? We'll stop right here for tonight. Um, it's 8.09 Eastern, 7.09 Central. Okay. I guess we've been on a little over an hour then. Yes, well, about an hour, because I think we were about five, nine minutes late, something like that. Okay, we'll get into a few more. So, as you notice, we're, we're getting more to the historical journey now 
of Paul, and that's the way it's going to continue to be. We'll hit on some doctrinal stuff, but it's mostly about his, his missionary journeys, and it's, it's a historical uh, account that Luke writes down. It's going to speed up between here and Acts chapter 28. It's going to speed up, and we're going to be hitting more than one chapter a night, except for maybe a couple of places. So we will go to the next chapter and just hit a few more verses, and then we'll shut her down, Brother Dave. How's that? Okay, great. Acts 23, verse 1. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou white wall, whited wall, for sittest <laughs> thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law. In other words, and, he called him a hypocrite. Yes. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? Then said Paul, I wist not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. But when there goes Paul, Paul, there goes Paul quoting scripture. <laughs> yeah, he's always doing that. Yeah, always quoting that scripture. Yeah, Got that gun loaded all the time. And you'll notice as we go through these last eight these last eight chapters of Acts, the savvy of Paul, his wisdom and how he approaches everything, especially before King Agrippa and Felix. Pay close attention to Paul's attitude and the way he goes about things. You say, well, that was Paul. No, well, you're supposed to be like him. You ought to pick up something from his personality. You can do it by reading and praying and reading. Ask the Lord to show you, give you the wisdom, some of the wisdom that God gave Paul. Pray about it. Continue on, brother. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am called in question. When he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. See the wisdom? You see you see how he puts off one against the other? He did it on purpose. Yes. It tells you he did it on purpose. He divided and conquered. <laughs> they both, both of them, the, see the Sadducees and the Pharisees were all joined together to kill him. But he sees the division and he uses it to his advantage. The same thing can be used in witnessing. Not necessarily this divide and conquer thing, but the same approach, the using wisdom when you're dealing with people about their souls. I've mentioned it many times about how you get open doors to talk to people about their souls. And I do not want to hear one person say that's a personal thing. You shouldn't tell some. You shouldn't uh, interfere in somebody's life like that. I don't want to even. Don't even come at me with that, okay? 
Because that, that excuse don't owe water. Because you're commanded to do it. Not only are you commanded to do it, but it says you're wise if you win souls and you'll shine as the stars forever. Daniel chapter 12. Continue just a little bit further, brother. Let's look into this fight we got going here, and then we'll go ahead and shut her down. Verse 9. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man. But if a spirit or an angel hath spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Absolutely. And, he, and he's on his way to Rome now. And it's going to be a tumultuous journey the way he gets there. And all kind of things are going to happen as he gets there. As we'll see the historical account. But that's a good example how Paul has two enemies trying to kill him. And it winds up with one taking his side saying, we find no evil in this man. When five minutes earlier, they're going to rip his brains out. Dismiss us in a word of prayer, Brother Dave. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for this evening. And Lord, I pray that we would pray in our prayers and strive in our scripture reading to become like Paul and to take upon his character and attributes as far as it is possible for us to and lord i pray that we would use this character of christ that's emulated in paul that we would also be of like mind and spirit to be able to witness and to work for the lord jesus christ in our own lives every day in our own families in our own neighborhoods yes, or lord, to yes people, groups, or places, wherever you send us. And I pray, Lord, that our witness would be bringing you glory and honor. Do your name for the great work you've accomplished, which is still accomplishing miracles in the world today. Yeah, the miracle Father. of new birth that's going on through every generation and the miracle of the spirit the Holy Spirit being shed abroad in our heart and mind. For these things, I'm truly grateful. And I pray, Lord, that all those who listen in within the sound of our voices here tonight and download later, that these prayers apply to them. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Folks, the number one thing, I wish that echo was not there. Let me see if I can turn my volume down and it changed. Did that change it, Brother Dave? Brother Dave, can you hear me? Yes, can I can. Me? It sounds fine. 
Okay, good. Well, can you still hear me? Yeah, I hear you great. So I'm just no, going to have to leave. I'm, I'm turning the volume down and I'm turning it too far down is what's happening. But anyway, folks, um, as we start going through, we finish up this book of Acts, just pay attention to the way Paul handles things. A lot of the things he does, we can do today. But the number one thing to get out of Paul's life is his love for Jesus Christ. You know, I hear a lot. I listen to some ministers today. Neither one of them are preachers or called preachers, according to my opinion. Okay. That's my opinion. But that all, it, there was no glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ at all. We get to the Father. They're always talking about the Father. That's fine. But you know how you get to the Father? Through Jesus the Son. Don't forget in the book of Ephesians, that book we talked about last night, Paul says he's given everything over to the Son. And the first chapter of Colossians, how he has the preeminence. If we pray to the Father through Jesus Christ, he is the mediator. For there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We need to always remember that. And your love for Jesus Christ will determine your efforts to apply these things in your life. Because you're not going to do it for somebody you don't care nothing about. What reason do you have to do except to put on a show before other men? It's what you do when you're by yourself. It's what you do when you're alone and nobody sees you. If you act the same way in public and around the brethren as you act whenever you're by yourself, you got no problems. Because your love for Jesus Christ keep you the same way. Let your moderation be known among all men. Be careful for nothing. That means don't be full of care. Don't let one thing get obsessed with one thing. Don't worry about tomorrow, for you know not what a day may bring forth. Be careful for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's a verbatim quote out of Philippians 4, verse 8. And in the very next verse, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, Paul's telling you how to keep your mind off of the bad stuff. We all, men have trouble with it. Ladies have trouble with it. We have problems. See, it's, it's not just what we do with our hands. It's what we think with our mind as well. It's the thoughts and intents of the heart that the word of God cut, it cuts all the way down to those things. It's got nothing to do with what you do with your hands necessarily. It goes all the way down to the joints and marrow and the thoughts and the intents of the heart, like I said last night. Amen, Brother Dave.
Amen. And remember Jesus Christ. That's the preeminent one. Like I said, everything's been turned over to him. And as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, one day the Lord Jesus is going to turn everything back over to the Father. In the time period called the Age of Ages. Did you know that? Read 1 Corinthians 15 and find out. Okay, everyone, I appreciate you, the ones that attended, Brother Sergio and whoever else is in the chat room. I appreciate the ones that's going to download this program. I hope we build back up our audience. Uh, we've come back to our roots here at Talk Shoe. I think we've got, uh, as far as the um, Brother Dave and I have got the teaching part figured out, we can get rid of that echo. We'll be doing fine. I don't know what the world's causing it. Brother Dave went completely away when he went off video and then mine started. So I don't I don't know what that problem is. Um, but we'll get that straightened out. And Lord willing, we'll build back up our audience on Talk Shoe as it was once before. Is there any special prayer request in the chat room? Has anybody got any special prayer requests? I don't see any, no. Okay. Always uh, right. Sergio, the um, I guess six and three left, and Papa Cat was viewing only, didn't have audio, so I don't think there's anyone other than Sergio listening in Peter, of course. Okay. Anyone that downloads that's going to come live, always write your prayer request in the chat room, and I give you my word. Lord willing, that we will check the chat room at the end of every program to see if there's any prayer requests, and we'll stop right then, and we will we will pray for you, and we need to pick back up our, our praying like we once did, praying for Brother Joe, Brother Sergio, Brother Steve and Julie, Brother Chad and Maureen. We need to pick up our brethren that have come and gone. Uh, they're still our brother and sister in Christ. We need to still hold them up in the Lord. We still need to love them, no matter what, because they're, our, they're not only our brethren in the Lord, they're our people. Yes. And we need to uphold them in prayer. Whether they pray for us or not, it's immaterial. It's because you're not held accountable for what they do. You're held accountable for what you do, and I do. I'm held accountable for mine. You're held accountable for yours. Amen, Dave? Yes. So having said that, the Lord willing, we'll be back Friday night, 6 p.m. Central Time, and we'll be we'll start here at the at the chapter at the paragraph mark in Acts chapter 23, right, Brother Dave? Yes. 2311. 2311. We'll pick up there. God bless each and every one of you. May his grace be with you and may his face shine upon each and every one of you and you get blessings that you can't imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, everyone. Did I give the contact information? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. Three, three. That's 334-397-2333. Three, 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 three. 
The email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And you can go to PayPal and you can just type in Don Spears or respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you'll get Don Spears Ministries account. Don Spears, and you can make an offering to this ministry and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Don's mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017. 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, brethren. Hope y'all's week goes well, and Lord willing, we'll talk to y'all Friday night, if not sooner. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.